Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian, hey, Dad. I got a new guy riding with me today. Rhino getting ready for his yearly shearing uh, at the Palmer Home Radiothon tomorrow. So he's wanted to take one last night to to appreciate his beard and hair. Lance is in the uh, studio. He's running things for us tonight. So if anything goes wrong, it's my fault. We don't blame Lance for anything, no matter what. Uh, except for the fact that he's wearing a red shirt. Hey, uh, I, I can't I, believe it. This is a Mississippi State show. Hey, I We're wearing this. a red shirt. Uh, and I love State. That's what I was telling you. I was bragging on Starkville. Uh, it was up there two weeks ago. I had an absolute blast. So I thought this would be a little comedy <laughs> moment. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Starkville's great, but you're going to wear a red shirt on my show. I mean, I, I just, you know, it's like coming into my house and slapping my wife. What's going on here? No, it's fine. It's fine. I won't. I won't. I totally won't remember this and hold a grudge forever, Lance. It just—it's not like me to do that. We got a good show lined up tonight. I think plenty to talk about. Uh, we will have to delve into the transfer portal into the second uh, a little later in the show. But we're going to start here uh, with the MLB draft, which just wrapped up yesterday. And from a Mississippi State perspective, and we go into a lot more detail about this on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast. Uh, when I have Robbie Falk with me, who who follows this really, really closely. But from a Mississippi State perspective, it went about as well as you could have possibly hoped for. Uh, you lose two signees, both of which you were expecting to lose throughout. Colin Houck, the, uh, the shortstop, you knew that that was going to be a guy that was going to get drafted high and he was going to go, and, and off he goes. Goes in the second round to the New York Mets. We'll come back to the Mets. So Somehow the New York Mets have become a nemesis to Mississippi State baseball. Who would have guessed? Um, and then Aiden Smith, the outfielder, goes in the, I believe in the sixth round. Maybe the fourth round. I, I, don't, I don't recall exactly, and it's, it's irrelevant because he's going he's to go. So you lose two signees out of a really good signing class. You could have lost three or four more guys, but they did. So that's a, that's a good start there. And then from a position player and, and current roster standpoint, uh, you knew that Colton Ledbetter was going to be drafted. Second round to the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Congrats to him. That's a, a guy who in his one year in Starkville had a really good season and delivered a lot of what you thought you were getting from him uh, when that when you, when you brought him in. The one of the, the maybe the only surprise to me was Kate Smith going in the sixth round. I expected Kate Smith to be drafted, but I thought it would be in the later rounds where Mississippi State might have a shot at keeping him on campus. But instead, he goes in the sixth round to the New York Yankees. And uh, he will begin his professional's career, and we will certainly wish him the best there. A guy State would have loved to have had him in their rotation next year. As your Saturday or Sunday guy, I think Kate Smith would have been really, really good. I don't know that he was, you know, when you think about a Friday night guy in the SEC, you're thinking about a no-doubter, right? And I'm not even talking about a guy like Paul Skeens. I'm just talking about 
a guy that you know you can you can have there. And, and Kate Smith, who battled, who who fought hard and was very talented, just just fits better as a Saturday Sunday guy. So we wish him the best. I think I think he'll do well because he's a guy who could he can, he can throw hard. He can change speeds. He's a competitor. I think he'll do well. I think he has a chance to to make it at, at the at the major league level. And then in the twentieth round, towards the the very very end, Kellum Clark comes off the board, and he will begin his professional career. That's being reported by twenty four seven Sports. Um, Clark, a guy who I thought would go higher, sort of the opposite there. I thought he was a twelfth, thirteenth rounder, um, in my opinion. Uh, had a really good season last year. Was one of state's leading hitters in conference play. Uh, developed as a fielder over the last two years. I think he'll be. He's a guy, you know, in today's Major League Baseball, he's a guy who has a chance because he hits the long ball. So as he gets a little bit better at that, he's he's going to have a chance to 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 make it there. So you look at State's roster. Two guys are going to come back again. This is being reported by twenty four seven. Two guys planning to come back are Romani Larry and Aaron Nixon. Nixon is a big, big piece. Because that's a guy who last year was one of the few pitchers you could rely on at all. In any situation you could rely on. Aaron Nixon was one of them. Had an ERA under four, which made him, and I'm not making this one up, literally the only guy on the team that had an ERA under four. So him coming back sort of settles in who's going to be on the back end of that bullpen. Good for Mississippi State. Larry's interesting because I think... A lot of people thought he would be drafted and that he would move on, and that would make the move for Davis, David Mershon to slide over to second base and the incoming freshman, Dylan Cup take over at shortstop. Cup is a guy that could have probably been drafted if he were more interested in doing so, but he wanted to come to Mississippi State. So for State, now you've got to you know figure out what you're going to do there. Do you keep Mershon at short? Do you... Uh, do you DH, one of those three guys, how is that going to work? That's something for Chris Lamonis to figure out over the, the coming uh, months as they get, you know, fall ball will be here before you know it. But it's you know, obviously it's a good thing to bring an experienced player, a guy who, who hit well at times last year, and maybe another year of seasoning in the conference. You know, you know, coming from New Orleans, the University of New Orleans to Mississippi State, that's a big jump. Big jump from playing, you know, at UNO to playing at MSU. And I thought Larry, you know, if you go back and look in the early part of the conference uh, schedule, he, he struggled. But he started finding his swing a little bit more towards the end. So maybe, you know, another year, maybe he can come in and, and have a really solid and consistent season. And now it's all about the transfer portal for Mississippi State. And, the, the, you know, then who are the names to watch there? Obviously, the name that is on everybody's mind is Braden Montgomery. The outfielder out of Jackson, Mississippi, out of Madison Central High School, I guess maybe out of Madison, Mississippi, um, who's been playing at Stanford the past couple of years and is probably going to be a first-round draft pick wherever he goes at the end of next season. There has been more smoke about this kid coming to Starkville, and it started before the NCAA tournament started. You were seeing posts on message boards and tweets about, eh, Braden Montgomery is going to go on the portal, and you just kept waiting and waiting and waiting for him to do it, and now he's there. Mississippi State's going to have to battle, though. Every program in the country would love to have Braden Montgomery. LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Arkansas. There's not a program in the country that would turn down Braden Montgomery. Stanford would love to have him back as well. 
So if you know having a couple of his former teammates on your team can't hurt and Hunter Hines and Ross Highfield. But we'll see. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely play the slow game on that one. And then State's got to find some arms. They got to find a couple of guys here and there. It's been reported, uh, and I, I saw this uh, uh, a little bit last week. I, I you know had my ear to the ground a little bit. And Mississippi State's they're being really tight with the information coming out of that about uh, about potential transfers and visitors and things like that. But Mississippi State hosted uh, Carson, I think it's Ligon, last week, who pitched for Miami last year. He is a guy who, I don't know about Friday, don't know about Friday, but could be a guy that you look at uh, as your Saturday-Sunday guy. Would be a huge improvement over what State had a, a season ago. And the name that everybody's talking about is Luke Holman, the transfer from Alabama who's in the portal. He has visited Mississippi State. He is a legitimate Friday night guy. He's a guy that you can put out there on Friday night and you feel good about your chances. I'll say this first and foremost. If State gets Montgomery, that is an incredible lineup. With Hines, Montgomery, uh, Jordan, Mershon, having Larry back at second, that's a guy who could probably hit about 280 to 300. Um, you know, you bring in the uh, the transfer from Memphis last week. That I, I don't know that we talked about him here on this show. Um, but yeah, if, if we did, it was I, I'm trying to remember when did, when did he? That's the thing I can't keep up with uh, with who's going where. I can't I can't ever uh, I can't ever keep up anymore. But state added a, a third baseman uh, transfer. In uh oh god I gotta find his name I think it's Logan Kohler let me be sure here great riveting yeah Logan Kohler is the uh, the transfer out of the University of Memphis he's joined Mississippi State guy who hit three twenty last year three ten three twenty for the Tigers so he should be a, a, a solid piece I mean you just got some you've got a good lineup it's all about pitching and then you know we'll see if they can bring in Holman if they can bring in uh, Ligon, and then can Gerangelo and Bradley Lofton and Evan Sierra and Will Gibbs, can they take a step forward? That's a tournament team on paper if they do, if those guys take a step forward, if Mississippi State lands those transfers. That's a tournament team. No questions asked, and it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be at the end of the day when we're talking about Chris Lamonis and, and job security going forward. All right, when we come back, everybody gets to hear their favorite song, Plus, we will journey deep into the recesses of the transfer portal. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! Back here 
on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget that tomorrow uh, we will be doing the 11th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon live from the Palmer Home. Uh, every year there are children across Mississippi that need a loving home, and many times these children are caught in unimaginable circumstances, and that's why we need your help. You'll learn how the Palmer Home for Children serves vulnerable children. It's a faith-based organization that doesn't take government money, so we need your help. We want you to listen in and join us for the 11th Annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon happening tomorrow all day, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Super Talk Mississippi. You start your day with Richard Cross, you end your day with Richard Cross, but the difference is going to be you end your day with Richard Cross decked out in maroon and white. I can't wait. I can't wait. The, the, I'm, I'm going to have so much. I'm, I, it's going to be hard to do the broadcast tomorrow. I'm going to be laughing. I'm going to be laughing at Richard having to wear these jerseys. I can't wait to put them on him. Just, just, just put it on. He's going to be itching at it the whole time. That maroon's going to react to his skin. I can feel it coming. It's going to be great. Do not get you. You, you want to be watching at Super Talk TV. Don't miss it when, when Richard Cross has to pay back his debt to me for losing the bet on State Ole Miss uh, sports this year. Mississippi State re- recruiting continues to just pile up commitments. They, they can't stop getting them. Uh, and they got one uh, a little earlier this week. Hit it, Lance! All right. So Mississippi State adds its first junior college player of the uh, the 2024 class safety. I'm sorry, just to call him defensive back. I think he can play corner, he can play safety. Tyler Woodard out of East Mississippi Community College up there in Scuba. Six foot two, two hundred pounder, rated as a three star prospect uh, by the good folks over at twenty four seven sports. Now that name, if you follow recruiting closely, that name would be familiar to you. He was committed to Mississippi State out of high school, uh, ended up uh, dropping the Bulldogs, and I think he committed to Georgia Tech out of high school, but ends up at EMCC and now will end up back in Starkville. Had that relationship with Darcel McBath. Uh, that play, played a big role. I'm sure Tony Hughes played a big role uh, as well. So a good pickup for Mississippi State. We, we, we talk, and again, this is something we talk about on tomorrow's podcast, going in a little more detail, but it's interesting now with the transfer portal how junior college recruiting works. You know, Mississippi State, the, the, the height of their, their, their teams in the 90s, those 98 and 99 teams that won the West and then won 10 games, were loaded with junior college guys. I mean, the best players on that team, those teams were junior college guys. J.J. Johnson was a junior, junior college guy. Um, you know, you think defensively, um, Ashley Cooper was a junior college guy. Robert Bean, Fred Smoot, Dorset Davis, Toby Galladay, Ellis Wims. Those were all junior college guys. So I'm leaving somebody. Oh, Ed Smith. Ed Smith was a junior college guy. So, you know, they, they, it was just such a big part of what Mississippi State did from a recruiting perspective. And it, it eventually it, it got, kind of got out of hand. You look at the, the, the 2000 signing class and 2001 signing class, it, just, it was just too much JUCO. You didn't have enough foundation in the high school kids, and that's where it starts to get away from you. And now I look at this class, and, that, you know, here we are in 2023, and you have the transfer portal and, and everything else. Woodard might be the only junior college kid they signed this year. I won't be totally surprised if they don't uh they don't do that. So we'll see how it goes. 
on the text line. Any chance of Richard ringing a cowbell tomorrow? Maybe I should bring one. You know, that wasn't that wasn't lined. That wasn't in the the the, the bed itself. I don't know that you know. He'll get his lawyer to look over the contract and may, may be able to, to find his way out of it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if we can do it. I mean, I, if you ever need to see Richard ringing a cowbell, I've, I've, I've got the gif of it. You can see it whenever you want. I tweet it all the time. Um, so good pickup there for Mississippi State from the recruiting perspective. But then we must dive deeper, my friends. We must go into the transfer portal. So this one's a little interesting because we're going to talk about a transfer for the 23 class, the current classes. But at the same time, we're going to be talking about a guy who is currently not eligible to play at Mississippi State. But Sadu Triore, I want to thank uh, my, my love of the English Premier League for letting me know how to pronounce Triore. You look at that name, you're like, where do you get Triore out of that? I promise you that's how you pronounce it. Uh, who was a tight end slash wide receiver at the University of Colorado, part of the spring cleaning that uh, that Deion Sanders did. Whether Triori left of his own accord or, or whatever, I know what I know what Mississippi State's going to say when when they got a good to do the appeal on him. But the the deal is this: he played last season at Arkansas State, transferred to Colorado, played the spring there, and now is transferring out. So that's two transfers in, in a year, not eligible. Not a grad transfer, so not eligible. So Mississippi State will obviously apply for a waiver, but it seems unlikely. But this is a guy who was the top-rated transfer remaining in the portal, a guy who you know, played wide receiver a season ago. Probably his best position at, the, at this level is tied in. Well, and, but from what you, you, know, you read is he wants to play receiver. Well, Arnett did the smart thing. Recruit him, commit him, and then you've got time to figure that one out. And it may have a year. may have a year to figure it out. I would have put his chances of winning this appeal very low just because he is, like I said, uh, you know, going on his second transfer in, in less than six months. Um, that said, if I'm Mississippi State, I'm going to play the, you know, well, Dion said he wanted to transfer everybody out of there and, this was just one of those circumstances, and it's beyond our, our guys' control, and you know, can we get a waiver for him? And if you get a waiver for him, all of a sudden you've got an incredibly talented football player on your roster for 2023. A guy, this is a, a guy who can be a difference maker for Mississippi State at the tight end position or at the wide receiver position. He's a, he is, he's a good player, six foot four, 210 pounds. He caught almost uh, 60 passes a season ago with Arkansas State. So a good player. A guy who can, like I said, can help you this year and certainly help you next year. When you look ahead to next season and you think Jaden Wally, gone. Tulu Griffin, gone. Justin Robinson, if he has a big year, he might go. He's draft eligible. You know, you're going to be replacing some of your top guys there. You, you need you need guys. And so signing him, who I believe, I believe he has three years of eligibility remaining, it's just, just like we just said, it's just like signing a junior college player almost. So even if you don't get anything out of him this year, you've still got him for a couple seasons down the road. So good recruiting by Mississippi State there to, to get this guy on board. Uh, I would imagine, and like I said, I, I can't speak uh, with 100% certainty because you just don't ever know, but I would imagine that's going to about do it for the 2023 class and roster. 
So if I've done the math right, if if Triori is indeed ineligible, uh, State will be sitting on 83 players. So they're missing a couple players. You know, the portal has taken away more than it has giveth uh, for Mississippi State there. But, I mean, when you think about a college football roster, who are the 84th and 85th guys? State has three scholarship quarterbacks. They have five scholarship running backs. They've got eight or nine receivers. They're fine. You know, maybe they don't have a sixth defensive lineman they'd like to have or a sixth linebacker, but they're fine. They're fine. So you can start, you know, putting your depth charts together and start putting your, uh, your, your ideas together of who's going to start where and who's going to be the backups and things of that nature. And obviously when we, you know, think about Thunder and Lightning podcast every year, uh, we, we do that. We do our all 22 rankings. That'll be coming up. Uh, very soon, where Robbie Falk and I will go through the what we project as the starting lineup and tell you who do we have the most confidence in, who do we feel like you can count on, and who do we not, you know, who do we need to see play and have a little more, uh, a little more knowledge about before we can come out and tell you, yeah, that's a guy who can who can get it done in the SEC. There's going to be new faces, you know, especially in the back end of the defense, uh, a couple of new faces in the receiving core. Uh, a couple of, you know, uh, one offensive lineman will be maybe a little bit of a new face. But this is a very talented football team coming back, and it's very deep, and it's very experienced. I mean, for, from a Mississippi State perspective, you, they have so many seniors and so much experience coming back that it almost makes you wonder. You're like, is there too much? Should some of these guys be in the NFL right now? But they all, you know, and, and that's a... A spot where NIL probably played a role and where the Bulldog Initiative was able to do a good thing and keep guys like Buki Watts and, and, and Jaden Cromedy in Starkville for one more season. So, yeah, football be here before you know it. We're, we are, what, 50 days, 51 days, I think, from, uh, from the start of college football. It just gets closer every day. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited about that. If, if you don't know anything else about me, know that the start of college football season has my has my attention as it does every year. When we come back, let's look ahead to next week. SEC Media Days, Nashville, Tennessee. Me and the guys will be up there. And uh, what are we going to talk about? Who are we going to talk to? We'll tell you about all that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Back on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk. Mississippi. I'm Brian. He's Lance in Studio X, taking care of all of our business as far as music and sound effects and general, you know, business-related things. I, I handled the funny business. Lance handles the uh, the serious business. Next week is serious business, though. We're going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I want to thank the conference, by the way. Give you guys a little inside baseball here. Normally we get out of there on the, on at the end of day three. Normally it's just like, all right, day three, we're going home. 
And then this year the SEC put Ole Miss on day four. So we'll hang around for one more day so we can hear from Kiffin and the boys uh, in Nashville. Mississippi State's day is Tuesday. Uh, and they are, they are in the afternoon window, which starts at 1 and ends at 4.10. Um, so I don't know if – I don't have the specifics on if State's going first or second. I think Auburn is the other team in that in that time frame. I'd have to double-check that. It, it's kind of irrelevant, though. Um, but we will have interviews, be it live or recorded, with all the Mississippi State contingent. And that includes, of course, Coach Zach Arnett making his first-ever trip to SEC Media Days. Um, and then the three players, Jaden Crumedy, who was there last year, Woody Marks, who's a, that's a fascinating choice for state for me. He is not a guy who's done a ton of media in the past. So I'm interested to talk to him, especially you in this year with his role expanding so much. I want to talk to him. And then QB one's making the trip. And I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled that Will Rogers is going to be there. Will Rogers is the face of this football team. Uh, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the conference. One of the top returning players in the conference. He will, in all likelihood, be the all-time leading passer in the SEC's history when this season ends. He needs to be at SEC Media Days. Good to see it. Glad to see it. Um, so we've got those guys coming. And, and I talked a little bit about this, I think, earlier this week on Thunder and Lightning on the podcast. There's just not a lot of star power in the SEC this year. You know, I thought most everybody did a decent job with their stars. Ole Miss is bringing Judkins. Like to see that. Arkansas bringing... Uh, KJ Jefferson and uh, Raheem Rocket Sanders like to see that, but then you have LSU. They're bringing Jaden Daniels, and I'm I'm happy to see that. But no Malik Neighbors, no Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins is the best defensive player in the conference. How's he not coming? Alabama, you know that they don't have the stars this year. And think about how what a crazy statement that is. But Alabama doesn't have the superstars this year. They don't have Bryce Young. They don't have Najee Harris or or, or Jerry Judy or Devontae Smith to bring. And, and, you know, they're bringing two defensive guys, who, one of which who is a star. Kool-Aid McKistry is a star. Everybody likes Kool-Aid. And, but then they're bringing an offensive lineman. Auburn? Think about Auburn through the years and all the great running backs and wide receivers and defensive linemen they've had. They're, they got three nobodies coming. You don't know those guys. If you're not a diehard Auburn fan, you have no idea who Cameron Stutz is. You don't know who that is. They're not bringing their quarterback because that job's not settled yet. It's going to be the transfer of Peyton Thorne, but he's not locked into that yet. I was surprised Kentucky's not bringing their quarterback. Devin Leary's going to be their quarterback, transferring in from NC State. Let him have a taste of SEC media days, but they're not doing it. Vanderbilt's not bringing their quarterback. You're in Nashville. You're in your hometown. Bring the quarterback. He's the closest thing to a star they have. I will give Tennessee some credit. They're bringing Joe Milton. And Milton, we talked about him earlier this week on Sports Talk Mississippi, and maybe the highest ceiling of any college football player in the country. A guy who right now may not be on a lot of draft boards because you haven't seen enough, but could finish the season as the 1-1 guy because he's that physically talented. It's just a question of does he put it all together. Dart, obviously not coming from Ole Miss. That's another one of those those QB competitions I feel is a foregone conclusion. I feel like he's going to win that job and, and be the guy there, but it's not done, so Kiffin's not going to bring him. But he is bringing Judkins, so I was glad to see that. Judkins is possibly the best offensive player in the conference. You can make a very strong case for that. Had a tremendous year last year, and now, and now has a chance to have an even bigger role, you know, because... Last year, Zach Evans was the guy. 
and Judkins was kind of the guy on the outside. Now he ends up being the guy by the end of the year. But there is no other guy right now. So if Judkins stays healthy, he's going to be a guy who gets a ton of carries. And then, of course, you know, we'll talk to those guys. We'll talk to the uh, the coaches. Uh, we'll talk to, you know, obviously Zach Arnett. Hopefully, he won't he won't you know beat me up too much. I'm very sensitive, you know. I don't want, I don't want, he was he was very he was very mean to me last time we talked. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with Zach, and I, I think that I, I'm interested to see you know what does he have to say because he and knowing him and knowing his personality. Media Days does not lend itself to him. You know, he is a guy that is very straightforward, very no nonsense, not much about the bright lights and the spotlight. In fact, by the way, if you have a chance, if you're a subscriber to the Athletic, our friend Brody Miller, who's been on uh, my podcast many times, been on Sports Talk Mississippi many times, is kind of evolving from uh, just covering LSU to a lot of other things for the Athletic. And he wrote a great article today. Was up here in Starkville and got to sit down with Zach and and, and talk to him. And there's some quotes in there about, that really give you an idea of, of what kind of uh, attitude Zach Arnett has about himself, about his football program, and about being a head coach in the SEC. And I mean, just one of the most no-nonsense guys I've ever had the pleasure of, of covering uh, here at Mississippi State. So him sitting down with us, you know, I think back to, I think back to last year, and we had Mike Leach on. And he sits down, and I don't, you may all remember what happened. He sits down, and Will Leach is running the bumper music, and he's playing Mississippi Queen by Mountain. And Leach immediately goes into, this needs to be our fourth quarter song. we got to make it Mississippi Queen. And our text line blows up, and it goes to social media, and it goes viral. And we start bringing in people from uh, some of the media guys. We're like, what do you think? And they're like, we think Leach is on. And so it, it became this whole thing. And as you know, with Mike Leach, there wasn't a whole ton of football talk, you know? There's a lot of other stuff, which was great. So you fast forward to, to now, and Mike Leach obviously is gone. And I, I do wonder how much the specter of that will hang over us. I imagine they'll do some sort of tribute to him at this event. I imagine that he, you know, they'll have a moment for him at the beginning of this and, and something. I'm not entirely sure. But then you have Zach Arnett sit down with this, and I don't think he's going to talk about Mississippi Queen. I just call it a hunch. And I think, you know, the football talk will be a lot more substantial. Um, so I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Don't forget, by the way, our coverage of SEC Media Days is brought to you by the official apparel provider of the previous show that was on this network, Sports Talk Mississippi. And that's Genteel Apparel. They will be taking care of us, have us all decked out. Go to GenteelApparel.com. And a lot of you guys aren't sure, G-E-N-T-E-A-L, Apparel. Dot com. Check out their full line of sportswear, including their great collegiate collection for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And they are our official con. They are sponsoring us as we head to Nashville. I'm excited to go to Nashville, too. I've been to Nashville a few times. It's a great town. And Lance and I were talking about this during the break about I'm a fan of the, the, the way they started moving media days around. You know, nothing against Hoover. I loved Hoover. I thought it was great. I am sad that the on tap sports bar. Uh, in the Galleria parking lot has been closed. I, I was, you know, that was, that was, that was the place where if you're a college football fan, if you walked in there, it was like looking at your Twitter feed. Everybody was in there. You'd look over there and there's Brett McMurphy and there's Bruce Feldman and there's Andy Staples and there's Barrett Salee and they're all just hanging around having a good time. I enjoyed it being in Atlanta 
last year. Uh, I thought the location, obviously the College Football Hall of Fame, is, is a fantastic one. Um, and now then you go to Nashville. The rumor is, I don't think it's confirmed 100%, but enough people have told it to me that I believe that they'll be in Dallas next year, which is you know perfect with te- Texas and Oklahoma coming in. And then the next, the next one I heard, I've, 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 I've seen, but it was sort of pre-COVID, so I, I don't know if those, those plans got thrown away or what, uh, was to have 2025 in St. Louis, right in the heart of SEC country, right there in Missouri. And we can catch a Cardinals game, nothing else. Uh, I, I went to St. Louis this past year, I had a great time, but it's not what I think of when I think of SEC media days. I wonder if they'll ever go back to Hoover, or is that location going to become too small? And Richard, of course, you know, he, he's talked about it but in the past. He believes that one day this is going to become a fan event, that there's going to be, you know, bringing fans in. And I wonder if anybody will get booed. Would, 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 the, would the state fans show up and boo Richard? I wonder. It would be really funny if that did that did indeed happen. We will see. We will see. So SEC Media Day starts Monday. I think LSU is the first team at the podium on Monday. So... Talk to Brian Kelly. He's going to tell us all about the LSU family. Uh, we talked to Jaden Daniels, so that'll be fun. Um, and then, like I said, Mississippi State on Tuesday. I think Alabama is on Wednesday. Let me see if I can find all the all, all the uh, the good stuff here. I've got it here somewhere. Anyway. We'll, we'll uh, and when I said Ole Miss will be on uh, on uh, Thursday, we'll talk to Lane Kiffin and, and, and the boys uh, there. All right, we'll wrap it up when we come back. It's Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Finish it up here on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap up our Wednesday evening that we get to spend together. We'll be live in Nashville next week for the uh, for this for this show, where I am almost positive, Lance. I am like ninety nine point nine percent positive that I will be the only person on Radio Row at this time of night. Everybody else, they're 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 they're, they're, they're not they're not there at seven o'clock. I don't think so. Maybe 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 just me me and Houston McDavid just sitting there looking around, going, "Where is everybody?" We'll see how it goes. Maybe we maybe we can pre-record. No, no, don't say it too loud. We'll see. We'll see. Don't say it too loud. Uh, speaking of recording, this Saturday, uh, if you are in North Mississippi, North uh, East Mississippi, 
you're near Algoma, Mississippi, quick Lance, where's Algoma, Mississippi? Northeast Mississippi, around Tupelo, if I recall correctly. That's um, right. Yeah. yeah. Between Tupelo and Pontotoc, basically. That's right. That's right. Uh, I, the Thunder and Lightning Catfish Tour, I think, comes to an end. I, I don't think we have another stop planned. Uh, and that's at Algoma at the Seafood Junction. Now, I have heard that this place is incredible. I've heard that the line goes out the door on a Saturday night, and so we're going to get there early. Uh, we, we, we are in the process. We are efforting to get some, some interviews done. Uh, we'll see how that goes for us. But if nothing else, Robbie and I will set up everything for you for SEC Media Days. And, of course, we'll talk to somebody, some of the great folks from Superior Catfish, and we'll talk to some of the great folks who run Seafood Junction, which is just uh, a, a place that is just – I've never seen a restaurant get this many good reviews. You know, everybody – you know, you talk to a play, people about a place, and it's, this has happened a couple of times on this catfish stop, on this catfish tour. I talk to the place people, and they're like, what do you think of this place? And usually you get somebody when you're talking about a restaurant that's like, that's all right. You know, even a good restaurant, people just be like, ah, it's okay. It's Country right. Junction Everybody's awesome. telling me it's – yeah. Everybody just tells me, oh, this is one of the best places you'll ever eat. The seafood buffet is incredible at Seafood Junction. So many choices. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm just going to tell you right now, if you see me coming to that buffet, get out the way. Don't let Grandma be up there getting that trying to get that last boiled shrimp. She won't get it off of me. To stay out of my way. I'm not going to eat anything for lunch. I'm going to have plenty of room. I'll be your bouncer next time. You need somebody to t- take care of the buffet line. You just send me up. Come on. It. Yeah, I'm ready. Come on. We'll have, we'll have a good time. But that's going to be Saturday. Uh, they open for dinner. And this is, that's, that's the other thing. This is a dinner. Uh, uh, we, this is a very rare thing here. First off, all of our other stops have been lunch stops. This is our first dinner. But secondly, you're getting the rarest thing there is, a Saturday Thunder and Lightning podcast. That does not happen very often. So be ready for it at Seafood Junction in Algoma, Mississippi, as we wind down the catfish tour brought to you by our good friends over at Superior Catfish. So that was Saturday, I'll head to Algoma. I'll come home, pack a bag, and then Sunday morning I'll be in the car headed to Nashville for a full week of coverage of SEC Media. As I got the uh, the list up here, let's just go through this real quick. Uh, Monday, so like I said, we mentioned we start with LSU. Then Texas A&M and Missouri. So really boring there at the end with Missouri. Uh, Tuesday, we start the day with, with the polar opposites. Vanderbilt and Georgia is your morning session. Um, Georgia brought one of their stars, Brock Bowers, the best uh, tight end in college football. And then in the afternoon session, you have Auburn and Mississippi State. The way, they are usually pretty... Uh, by the book with the way they, they label this stuff, that lets me believe state's going to go second. Which means if, I, if I'm making the right, if I'm thinking correctly, we should have Zach Ardett live on the show, but it will be early in the show. It might be like the second segment, but don't hold me to that. Wednesday, four more teams, Alabama and Arkansas in the morning, so we'll, you'll see Nick Saban. And then Florida and Kentucky in the, uh, the afternoon, and then three teams, on Thursday, Ole Miss, who, and since they're listed first, I assume they're going first, South Carolina, and then Tennessee finishes things up in their, their home state, uh, coming off an incredible season. So that's the lineup for SEC Media Days. Mississippi State on Tuesday, late afternoon. We will have interviews with Zach Arnett, with Jaden Cromedy, with Woody Marks, and of course with Will Rogers here on 
uh, Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk, and they will be uh, available to you, of course, on our YouTube channel. If you don't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find a lot of great stuff there, including uh, Robbie and I as we do the Catfish Tour. All our full videos are there. Uh, a lot of a lot of the hijinks, the shenanigans that go on gets they get filmed. So you want to check that out. Uh, a lot of great stuff on that on that YouTube channel. Please do that. Got a, t- a tweet here. It says Scott and Jill Foster, the owners of Seafood Junction, some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. I'm looking forward to meeting them. One thing that I've noticed in this catfish tour, everybody's nice. I haven't met a bad person yet. I've met a lot of great Mississippians at great catfish restaurants. So let's add another one to the list. Thank you, Lance, for filling in tonight. We appreciate it. Tomorrow in Hernando at the Palmer Home. Don't miss that. I'll be putting Richard White, Richard Cross in those maroon and white jerseys. You know you want to see it. Tune in as we raise a lot of money for our good friends at the Palmer Home. For Lance, I'm Brian. Talk to you guys next week here on Thunder and Lightning. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.